Chapter 24 of The Pony Rider Boys in the Alkali. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marty on the Central Coast of California. The Pony Rider Boys in the Alkali by Frank G. Patchen. Chapter 24. No use trying to go any further tonight, Chunky. Where'll we stay then? Right here, I guess, answered Tad. It's as good a place as we'll find. But to understand this, we must take up the fortunes of Tad and Stacy, whom we left imprisoned in the hermit's cave. After waiting for a full hour in the cave, following the hermit's blow on the door, the lads, not having heard anything further of him, had renewed their whittling. After long and arduous effort, they had succeeded in making an opening in the wood sufficiently large to enable Tad to push his hand through. Before doing so, however, he made reasonably sure that the hermit was not standing there with a club ready to bring it down with crushing force. Being satisfied on this point, Tad thrust the hand through. His upturned hand had grasped the bar that held the door in place. Pushing upward with all his strength, he felt the bar give. Stacy, with ready resourcefulness, began forcing up on Tad's elbow. In a moment more, they had the satisfaction of hearing the bar clatter to the rocks. Yet one end of it stuck in its socket, still holding the barrier in place. They tried their former tactics. Backing off, both lads rushed at the heavy door. It gave way with a suddenness that they had not expected. The boys tumbled out, each landing on his head and shoulders, then toppling over to his back. There was a lively scramble. They were up in a twinkling, fully expecting to find the hermit standing over them. To their surprise, they found themselves entirely alone. To their further surprise, neither of their ponies was in sight when they stepped out on the rocks. Upon examining the hoof-prints, a few minutes later they discovered that one animal had set off on the back trail, while the other had apparently gone in the opposite direction. After a brief consultation, they decided that they must start back on foot. Without a moment's hesitation, the lads, laying their course by Tad's watch, started pluckily toward camp many miles away. After a few hours, night overtook them. They still had the moon, however, and by its light they trudged along for two more weary hours. Then the moon's light left them, and Tad decided that it were worse than useless to continue. Absolute darkness had settled over the desert maze as the boys dropped down, foot-sore and weary, after their long tramp in the stifling heat. "'Got anything to eat?' asked Stacy. "'That I have, and a canteen of water besides. "'We have a lot to be thankful for yet, Chunky, haven't we?' "'I'll tell you after I try the bread,' answered the fat boy. "'Tad laughed merrily. "'Always a humorist, aren't you?' "'Except when I fall in somewhere,' replied Stacy. "'How does the bread go?' "'Fine.' "'Aren't you glad you didn't eat it up back there in the hermit's cave?' "'Uh, I don't know. If I'd had eaten it then—' I wouldn't have to eat now. Oh, Chunky, you're hopeless. I shall have to give you up. What do you think has become of those ponies? Interrupted the fat boy. Guess they must have gotten away and gone home. At least one of them, answered Tad. Wrong. Why? One went one way, and the other another, didn't he? Yes, what of that? If they'd gotten away, they'd both travel together. One of them was ridden away, and I'm thinking the hermit was on his back. I'll bet he carried my bronco off. You mean you think your bronco carried him off? laughed Tad. 
I didn't give you credit for so much sense, Chunky. I guess you're right at that. The ponies surely would have left together. Seems to be our luck to lose horses. Guess my gun is gone, too. But I picked up the rope back by the mountain. Glad I didn't bring my rifle along, chuckled Stacy. I'll bet I'd be throwing goodbye kisses after it now if I had. I don't understand what that old man meant by making us prisoners, unless it was that he wanted a horse to get out of the desert maze. If that was his reason, I don't blame him, laughed Tad. Mr. Perry did us a real service when he advised us to leave our stallions back in camp. They surely would have been gone by this time, and we never could have caught them again. Yes, I can see Satan legging it for the hills, replied Stacy. Legging it is his strong point. They had finished their slender meal by this time and drunk their fill of water from the canteens. As a result, they felt better than they had felt at any time during the past three days. We have a long, hot walk ahead of us tomorrow, unless they come out to look for us, Chunky, averred Tad. Yes, and I love to walk, replied Stacy with a droll humor, especially when the sun is one hundred and fifty in the shade, or where the shade ought to be. If ever I come down in this baked country again, I'm going to bring that sweet apple tree out of Uncle's orchard even if I have to drag it all over the desert with me. Think we'd better make our beds and turn in, suggested Tad. I guess. I'll take a drink of water first, then I'm ready. In a few moments, the plucky lads had stretched out on the still hot ground without feeling for the least fear. They were too self-reliant to feel any fear, and they had passed so many nights in the open that the mysterious darkness of the outside world held no terrors for them. They knew there was nothing to harm them. Tad was beginning to doze off when Stacy nudged him in the ribs. What is it? asked Tad sharply. I think the girl forgot to put a fresh pillowcase on my pillow today. The pillow feels awful rough. Oh, go to sleep. Dream all the funny things you wish to, but don't bother me till daylight. From that moment until long past midnight, the boys slept soundly, neither having moved since he lay down for his night's rest. Even when the coyotes began to howl, off on the desert, the lads merely stirred, only half conscious of what the sound meant. But when the howls gradually drew nearer, Chunky cautiously opened one eye. The night was so dark that he could not see anything about him. The beast drew nearer. Tad was awake now. Keep still. Don't scare him till I give you the word, he said in answer to Stacy's poke. Emboldened by the quietness, the coyotes kept creeping closer and closer their mournful howls increasing in volume every minute. All at once, Tad reached down for his rope. He lay still for a few minutes until satisfied. The animals had not observed his movement. Suddenly the great loop shot from his hand. A quick, violent tug at the other end, a wild, frightened howl from the cowardly beasts, and all but one, with tails between their legs, fled over the desert. "'I got one, Chunky!' yelled Tad. "'Quick! Help me here, or he'll get away!' It required all the strength of the two boys to hold the animal that Tad had roped in the dark. Gradually they shortened up on the rope, Tad standing in front of his companion until he felt the animal dangerously near. Then he let out a swift kick. By good luck, it laid the coyote flat. Tad was upon the beast before, in its half-dazed condition, it could rise. Together they tied the animal's feet, its jaws snapping at them viciously before their task was completed. There was no more sleep for the lads that night. They feared the coyote would gnaw the rope in two, if left alone. 
All during the night the boys were obliged continually to jerk on the line about its neck to keep the beast from doing this very thing. Morning came at last. Making a harness from a piece of rope, they bound up one of the animal's forefeet, just as Bud Stevens had done with the wild horses. Then they released the hind feet. Mr. Coyote hopped about like a rabbit for a time, snarling and snapping, to their keen delight. They felt no fear of him, though Mr. Coyote had several times expressed a willingness to fight his captors. After eating their remaining crumbs of bread, the boys decided to move on. Tad, believing that he knew the direction to follow, did not wait for the sun to rise. Yet, although they were not aware of the fact, they had already strayed far from the trail. "'I'm afraid the coyote is going to be a drag on us.' much as I should like to take him along, said Tad. Stacy begged to keep the animal, and Tad decided to try it. The next question was, how to move it? It was finally decided that one boy should lead the coyote while the other prodded it from the rear when the animal lagged. At noon, they halted to rest, draining the last drop from their canteens. Then they started on again, suffering more and more from the heat as they proceeded. About the middle of the afternoon, Tad halted, gazing helplessly about him. Chunky, we're lost in the desert maze. I don't know where I am any more than if I were in the middle of an ocean. I'm pretty nearly exhausted, too. So's the coyote, comforted Stacy. But we've got to keep on moving. My watch is missing. I must have lost it where we slept last night. I can only guess at the direction we ought to take. Have you any idea where we are? Stacy gazed at the sky meditatively. On a rough guess, I should say we're on the Nevada desert. Oh, come on, come on. Still clinging to the angry coyote, the lads took up their weary tramp. The baking alkali burned their feet almost to the blistering point. The burning, withering heat made their heads whirl. The desert began to perform strange antics. While the halo that they had seen a few days before again appeared before them, first whirling like a giant pinwheel, then oscillating in a way that made them giddy. "'Chunky, I can't stand this any longer,' cried Tad, suddenly sinking to the ground. "'I'm ashamed of myself to give way like this.' Stacy moved around to the sunny side of his companion, placing his own body where it would shade Tad's head from the sun. The fat boy took off his sombrero, unheeding the burning rays that were beating down on his own head, and began to fan Tad with the hat. I don't believe I can go any further, Chunky. You're you're still in fairly good shape, and you'll be able to make the camp if you go on. Leave me and make a try for it. You? You want me to go on without you? Want me to leave you here to say, Tad, do you think that I'm that kind of a coyote? I'd thrash you for that if you weren't already properly done up. You'll feel better when night comes and your head gets cooled off. In the morning, we'll make another attempt to get out of the desert maze. You lie still now. Thus admonished, Tad closed his eyes. At last the sun went down, and with its passing came a breath of refreshing air. They inhaled long and deeply of it. After a little, Stacy got up. Where are you going? demanded Tad, opening his bloodshot eyes. Going to tie up my dog, then go to bed. Five minutes later, both were sleeping the sleep that comes from utter exhaustion of mind and body. Stacy awakened first, his eyes opening on the burning blue above him. After a few moments, he rolled over on his stomach to gaze at the coyote. Instantly, something else attracted his attention. 
what he saw was a crossed stick on a standard the whole resembled a cross standing barely six inches above the ground the lad eyed the strange object inquiringly then wriggled over toward it maybe there's water here i'll see he muttered stacy began digging industriously with knife and hands after a time the knife struck some hard substance this upon further digging proved to be a bottle the boy pulled his find out quickly there's a piece of paper in it he exclaimed in surprise guess somebody must have thrown it off a sinking desert schooner stacy drew the paper from the bottle to the lost on the desert maze he read that's me and the coyote water ten paces to the east grass peak fifteen miles to the east belted range about eighteen miles west cross piece of stick points due east and west a traveler with a sharp glance at his sleeping companion stacy tramped off ten paces there being no sign of water the lad began stamping about with his heels suddenly the alkali crust gave way beneath him one leg went through he felt it plunge into water yoo-hoo howled stacy tad butler scrambled to his feet rubbing his eyes water 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 i fell in shrieked the fat boy dancing about joyously i've found a key to the desert maze and i've unlocked one blind desert alley with my foot the lads drank and drank of the villainous brown fluid then after having laved their faces and filled their canteens they set out on their journey grass peak was the hill from which the professor's pajamas had been unfurled to the idle desert breeze twilight was descending when the two gaunt-eyed hollow-cheeked lads each with an arm thrown about the other's waist for support were described staggering across the desert maze behind them at the end of a lariat slouched a disconsolate cowardly coyote a great shout went up from the camp of the pony riders they dashed out to meet their exhausted companions hoisting the two boys to their shoulders they carried them triumphantly to camp tom perry the guide had been thrown by his pony stepping through a crust on the alkali and had lain all night on the desert next day he staggered back to camp where he found his pony and after a few hours rest had taken up his fruitless search again stacy's pony in the meantime had come in the boys never knew how the animals got away though from the fact that tad's rifle was missing it was believed that the hermit had ridden the pony off turning it adrift later but the brave lads had found their way through the desert maze to camp having passed through the hardships and perils that would have daunted stronger and more experienced desert travelers next morning the pony rider boys struck their tents and broke camp a few days later they crossed the line into california where after loading their stock and equipment into a large stock car they started for the east yet though their summer vacation was rapidly drawing to a close the pony rider boys had not seen the end of their thrilling adventures another exciting trip lay before them one which was destined to linger in the memory for years to come the story of this the end of the silver trail will be related in a following volume entitled the pony rider boys in new mexico the end end of the pony rider boys in the alkali by frank g patchen